Union Jack Radio, the home of great British comedy. Not quite sure how much of this will comply with the uh, Ofcom <laughs> taste and decency broadcasting code, but we'll, we'll see where we get with it. I think if Ofcom are honest with themselves, they know my words to be true. <laughs> <laughs> on digital radio across the UK, on the Union Jack app, and on that Alexa lady, this is Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory. Today, Dane Baptiste takes Jeff on a trip down memory lane on Union Jack Radio. Dane Baptiste, hello. Hello. Hither Green is your hometown. Hither Green is my hometown indeed in Lucian Borough. And is is that where you were born? Are you born in a hospital Uh, in Hither Green? I was born in Greenwich Hospital. Greenwich Hospital. Where I stayed for three months. Really? What was up with you? Uh, I was, uh, my mother was very sick and then I was born uh, with jaundice. I didn't see my mum for three days. Let me ask you a question which may seem unrelated. Mm -hmm. How are you at recognising people's faces? I'm usually very good. Because there's a theory, there's a scientific theory Mm -hmm. that says that if you weren't with your mother in those early days, you don't get as much of this hormone, uh, oxytocin, which is known as the love hormone, uh, which they thought didn't matter. But then they think that it might have some bearing on your ability to recognise faces in later life. And I'm really good at recognising faces because I'm I'm awesome because I would have thought because I was on my own for three days. I'm very comfortable with my own company. Right. So there'd be some situations whereby, like, comedians that I work with don't recognise my face. Like, if we're on a train, and I'm like, fine. Because then I'm like... I guess, so you don't have to have the awkward yeah, conversation. And I, talk, and I can get to go home by myself and not talk to anybody. So that normally works out. So I always think it's, it, that's the effect it's had. I'm normally good at faces, but that might be more of a... A, uh, a learned behaviour. I'll, t- I'll tell you what a terrible words to hear for a comedian must be after a gig uh, from another comedian. Oh, which way are you walking? Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you have to make the small talk. Yeah, exactly. It's up there with like a drink afterwards and uh, the fact that I'm antisocial has definitely probably helped out my drinking and stuff. Right. So I'm like, I would much rather just watch Netflix than have a drink and continue this like small talk. <laughs> so <laughs> awkward. We, I feel already we've veered quite a long way from baby, jaundiced baby Dane uh, in Greenwich Hospital. So you're in there for three months. Yeah. When you go home, what is what is the first road that you live on? We live on uh, Fernbrook Road. Fernbrook Road, yeah, Hither Green. Green. And who's in the family? Uh, me, my twin, my older sister and my dad and my mum. Hang on, hang on, there's a twin? Yeah. This is interesting too. So you, the twin and your mum were in hospital for three months? Yeah, but she was all right. I was, there was an hour between us. Right. Yeah, so she was okay. So we're, we're twins, but it's weird. There's no, there's no... You haven't got twin powers? Nah. They're very, they're very separate lives. Very different people. So if if, if I was to uh, stub a cigar out on your arm, she wouldn't feel it wherever she I is mean, in the world? She, she would feel it in terms of <laughs> immense feelings of dopamine release and joy, but... <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't, but she wouldn't feel it, feel it. Uh, so you, your your mum and your dad, twin sister. D- and an older sister. Older sister, older sister is two well. years older. So she was also born in Greenwich Hospital. So she'd been home training and stuff, living the best life, going back and forth to here in the States, as she did. And then... Hang on, why why the States? Uh, my mum's sister, her um, sister lives there. So I think when they were like taking care of us, and my mum was in hospital for so long because she was so ill. So my sister was like sent to uh, be looked after by my aunt and stuff while my parents were kind of making sure we were okay. 
And and what what is the house you're living in? Is it a house? Is it a flat? Uh, it's Where a terraced it? house. Um, a lot of the houses on the road are former council, but my parents' one wasn't, uh, which they make a point of principle. Um, but yeah, a three-bedroom terraced house. And uh, what did your parents do for a living? At the time, I think my mum would have been working at the stock exchange and my dad was uh, working, I think, as both a security guard and he may have been working as a mechanic. And I think he left uh, being a security guard and started working at Ford and Dagnum. So something something I'm very interested in in these conversations is, as a kid, what were the perks of your parents' job? And I always say that my dad was a postman, so I used to get a lot of elastic bands. Yeah. And my mum was a nurse, so I used to get a lot of syringes to use as water pistols. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine there's that many perks in having a mum who worked in the stock exchange. I mean, what's she bringing home uh, for you? Just paper and stuff. I like Sta- drawing pictures, I suppose. I stationary. Got stationary. Okay. But, and, then my, and then my dad, I guess... You got to be in cars that were normally newer than everybody else's because he had to get a discount when he got a new Ford. So you probably one of the first uh, houses on the road that had a car with electric windows. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that's which at, in the t- at the time like electric windows. Oh, it felt like you were in the future. It exactly, felt like they, yeah, exactly. they belonged on the as well, as well as like, yeah, exactly. As well as having like the car, the dashboard display having a digital clock on there. So I was just like, excuse me, guys, we're going to get into our DeLorean. If you can just get the <laughs> hell out of our way, please. It's like, oh, look at you, Steve. Your dad drives an Austin Metro. <laughs> what is Hither Green known for? Uh, Jimi Hendrix lived there for a bit. Now that is exciting. What, yeah. do, you, what do you know about that? That much, right? He lived okay. there for a bit because uh, it was a little bit before my time, but he lived there for a bit and seemed to enjoy it. Because um, there are stories about, I, th- I think when he lived in Richmond, I think they've they've been debunked these stories. But yeah. him and his girlfriend kept parakeets, and then one day they decided to free these parakeets, mm. and they went out and they bred. And now, if you're in that part of London, you will see these green parakeets in Richmond Park. And 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 the story is they all began with Jimi Hendrix and his girlfriend. But you've not come across any of them in Hither Green. No, no parakeets. Um, I mean, healthy fox population. Yeah. Um, you a big fox fan? I I feel they'd be. I think they'll be domesticated in the next century. Now that is a prediction. I think it'd be a very metropolitan thing because obviously I think people that live in the home counties enjoy hunting them. Yeah, but I think it'd be very metropolitan thing for people to start like domesticating foxes. This this may be the boldest statement we've ever had on this program. But foxes will be domesticated within the next hundred years. Well, is that and uh, the prevalence of sex work is going to increase exponentially in the next like ten years? So that's mainly going to be like sex work and people delivering McDonald's. <laughs> and at some point, those are going to merge. Foxes on leads. and foxes as well. And then at some point, those are going to merge, <laughs> and uh, people will be bringing you like sex favors and McDonald's and it will be the from definition foxes. from foxes uh, with foxes yeah. and it'll be the true definition of a happy meal not quite sure how much of this will comply with the uh, Ofcom <laughs> taste and decency broadcasting code but we'll, we'll see where we get with it I think if Ofcom it. are honest with themselves they know my words to be true <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Lloyd's hometown glory on Union Jack Radio uh, what was your first primary school? Uh, Lee Manor which is now called uh, Brindish Manor and what do you remember about going there on your first day, if anything? Uh, first day going there uh, was fine. I kind of, I kind of enjoyed. I enjoyed school. I did, I enjoyed my home life, but my parents. Uh, I'm first generation Caribbean, so the idea is that children are seen and not heard. So when you were describing your house before, I was imagining a loud house. So was I was I wrong about that? I mean, it's loud when you're being told to shut up, but then that's it. But but you're not running around screaming. It's not chaotic. I mean, you way. can at your own risk. 
Right. <laughs> Although there was things we could do, like me and my cousin had a thing where we'd take like uh, sofa cushions and make those into bobsleds. I imagine it. that was frowned upon by your parents. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, my dad was working. That was a perk of my dad working for Ford is that he sometimes had to do the night shift. So sometimes he just wanted to be around. Right. Yeah. And that was your chance to go feral. Yeah. And then we'd go a little bit feral. The floor is lava, you know. But then it was only as an adult I realized, God, my dad, I'm surprised he didn't murder us because he'd come back from the night shift and his kids are f- playing bobsleds on his thing. And sometimes he comes out and be like, I have to come back downstairs and kill one of you. And I'd be like, okay. And I, I, we'd always think like, well, what's the problem, dude? Just sleeping. You should be fine. Relax. You could sleep during the day. Um, yeah. And and uh, so your first teacher at Lee Manor, who was that? Uh, my first teacher, I I don't remember my teacher in reception's name. Oh, do I remember? I thought it was kind of vague. Didn't make much of an impression on you, this teacher. I can remember her face. It's her name I don't remember. But I, I mean, I was in reception, so it was hard. But I do remember going there and my friend David Chapman, his mom, Paula, dropped him off and he was crying because he didn't want his mom to leave him. Whereas I was like, freedom, freedom! <laughs> so, and then I remember, like, he was upset and I was like, well, I feel bad for this kid. So I was doing jokes and pratfalls and slapstick stuff and then he started laughing and then the whole kids on the carpet started laughing and I was like, this making people laugh thing's cool. You are kidding me. At age five, you're thinking that? Yeah. Fascinating. Because I didn't know anybody so I was like, well, this is a good way of breaking the ice and everyone getting everybody on side is to use comedy and stuff. So, very... Uh, yeah, first day developed a class clown complex. Now, this is what is interesting to me as I sit in a room with you as an adult. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I, I feel like this li- little troll of a man, whereas you, you, you know, you're a handsome guy. It's well, not you. usually the what I would perceive to be as the strong members of the group who need yeah. to do that class clowning stuff. I, I was quite a small kid until I was like 17. Oh, did so you I shoot was, up? I shot up, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I wasn't actually that big anyway, so... I was just a very but slim But you were kid. good at sports, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, I was good at sports. I mean, my my twin was faster than me as a sprinter. Is she? she was, not now, but she was when we were kids. Do you know that categorically? When was the last time you raced her? Um, that's true. But I think we've raced recently, but I'm faster than her now. But while I'm on this podcast, I'm throwing the gauntlet. Candice, if you want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, and then the loser takes removes 8% of our parents' Uh, inheritance <laughs> so you know I'm putting 8% of my inheritance on the line who was who was your first um, friend you remember making this um, so David Chapman was one of my friends and uh, my other friend was James Waddington and because he lived across the road from me I mean that is usually enough to forge a friendship at yeah. that age and isn't it, was, it? it was good and uh, it was got to use my first BB gun at his house um, he had a dog which was a Rhodesian Ridgeback called Kimber which I wasn't too fond of rest in peace Kimber <laughs> and also, he had a um, hamster that died of a brain tumour. No. And I remember him telling they, me that they in school. They performed an autopsy on the air. Exactly, because <laughs> I remember being in school thinking, how do they know that they do like little cats, like Sylvanian family cat scans? <laughs> and, then, and then I saw this like hamster being in a wheelchair with like a blanket and stuff. And then being like, oh, we need to raise awareness about like hamster cancer. And I'm going to do a front run. And then Piers Morgan would be like, what makes you think you can do a front run? Oh, I don't know, because I do it every day in my house on a wheel <laughs> so, what was the hamster called I don't remember I can't remember rest, rest in peace the hamster rest in peace as well. rest in peace um, and, and you mentioned karate there so did you did yeah. you go through karate training did you do yeah did a show to con karate uh, got a show dan which is first dan at 11 wow and it was a good day because I got to miss school and my dad took me to McDonald's one of the best days ever so and, 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 and now if I came at you could you take me down it depends how you came at me with a gun? Then no. Okay. No. What What else? Uh, what else were you good at at primary school? Um, I liked drawing a lot. I was into drawing. Running was fine. I was really good at a game called, uh, you know, Family Tag. 
No. So it's just tag, like, you know, you play it. Yeah, yeah. But family it is when if I say you're it, then we're both now trying to make everybody it. Oh, so it's almost like we're zombies. Exactly. Right. So it's really fun. So I'd play, I'd play zombies. That was, I was really good at zombies. Dane, so. I'm listening to this and I'm thinking mm-hmm. we've got to organise some kind of sports day. It's, there's this race with your twin candies. There should be some game of family tag as well. Family tag is a really fun game. And then uh, 40 40 or not, or not out, you know that game? So 40 40 it is basically, it's like hide and seek, but basically you count to 44 and everybody hides. And then the idea is you have to make it back to base with right. the person seeing you. We called that blocky off. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. So I don't know where these weird names came from. Even, I think they're regional. I mean, even yeah, yeah. within towns and cities in yeah, exactly. different parts so, of towns and cities, but, they have so that different was, names. So then you, you, and then you have to kind of sneak back to home and stuff. That game I liked, but I wasn't, didn't enjoy it as much because it's funny boring. Right. Yeah. You see, I think you like a game where you get to be the star player as well. Well, just when I'm in control of my own destiny and I don't have to rely on other people because that's what I hated about sports day at school. Exactly, because I was good athletically, the teacher would put me on the team with all the misfits, which they referred to as mixed ability, which what they meant was, we're just going to hamper your success by giving you all the... People like me. Well, it depends. Like, did you, like, I went to school with some girls called the Walkerdines, nice girls, but they <laughs> had very poor eyesight. Right, yeah, I was, that was and me. So, yeah, and yep, they had, yep. so they had the Coke bottle glasses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, poor and, eyesight, yeah. poor physical coordination. Yeah, so they weren't, they weren't great. Um, also scared of balls scared, scared yeah. of everything yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you made it clear I wouldn't give you a hard time about it but teachers would insist on being like you can be on Dane's team and I'd be like because uh, I'm yeah I'm pretty competitive and I was not shy about that fact this is interesting is it, so, and do you feel like a lot of these qualities just remain in you to this day oh I've I can say I have not changed since I was a child personality wise I think uh you know, and I, I guess that kind of lends to me being a creative, still having that kind of emotional disposition. But then it wasn't like I was a spoiled kid or overly emotional, but I was the kind of kid where, like, you know when they say the kid who picks his ball and says he's going home? Yeah. And everyone be like, Billy, come on. I'd be like, no, Billy can go home then. If he wants to be spoiled and ruin a game for everybody, let him be by himself. And what he'll find when he goes home is that it's not fun playing by yourself, Billy. It's just you and your vanity. Great, passive aggressive. You make Billy feel terrible about himself. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't passive about. I'm like Billy, go home. <laughs> aggressive, aggressive. Until, yeah, until you can share with everybody, then don't play with us. Then, but no one's going. But we're not. We're, what we're not going to do, Billy, is be your hostage because you've got the ball. Right. So if we're all going to play, we're still going to keep to the rules of the game. And if you want to be more actively involved, then you have to make the same effort as everybody else. We're only going to just pass you the ball, Billy, because it's your ball. That's not how the world works. Have you looked Billy up on Facebook? Yeah. It's not gone great for him, has it? No, it's mediocre. <laughs> but at the same time, by that same token, I feel there's a lot of problems in our world have been because people have enabled the billies of the world. Right. I think there's a lot of people in our world that have been enabled when they have that kind of billy idea where it's like, well, if I can't enjoy the immediate gratification, then nobody will. And this is why the world is in the, in the condition that it's in. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. Outside of school, in Hither Green, where are you going? Uh, Loads, Lee, Manor House Gardens. So we have a, a very nice park nearby. It's about a 10-minute walk. What are you doing in Manor House Gardens? Uh, there's loads of stuff. There's a canal if you want to feed ducks and, and another pond if you want to feed the ducks. Uh, uh, green if you want to have a picnic or play frisbees and football and stuff. And then there's a cage to play football. So there's tennis courts. And then there's also a library at the top of the park. It's Manor House uh, Library. Sounds sounds idyllic. Yeah, it's amazing. And then my mum would take me there to read books and stuff as well. And then if you're and then go and play in the park on the way back. What about uh, local cinema? Would you get the pictures? Uh, the cinema isn't that near, but Catford Cinema was my local cinema, which is like along uh, Bromley Road. Do you remember the first thing you went to see? Lamb Before Time. 
I don't know that one. Yeah, about the dinosaurs. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Land Before Time, I think, was one of the first things I saw. And then the most memorable thing I saw at Catford Theatre was uh, Moonwalker. The Michael Jackson film? Yeah. Right. Absolutely mind-blowing. Do you remain a fan to this day? Of his work, yes. I probably should leave it there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, when you went to secondary school, what's that, what's that school called then? This is Haberdasher's Asks Hatcham College. Okay, th- this sounds fancy. Well, I didn't know anybody. So my first day of school, yep. 8th of September, everybody else started uh, school earlier. And because it's an independent school, because it's part of this Haberdasher's company of like private schools and Elstree and some... So they... Uh, our whole curriculum is just very different to everybody else's. Like most kids did like uh, French as their first modern language and we did German and our breaks, our um, half term would be different to everybody else's and, and we were in houses. It sounds like Hogwarts. Yeah. It's, 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 not only that, the school was a former like uh, uh, church as well. So it's like Hogwarts. You had the pictures of the old people in there and like all archaic buildings covered in like vines and stuff. So just like in Hogwarts and right, we'd have right. inter-house competitions. So we wouldn't have Quidditch but we'd have like five aside and 11 You wouldn't have Quidditch. We wouldn't have Quidditch. But we had a rugby union and most schools around there didn't play rugby union. Everyone else played football. So again, it was like, we're going to like the weird school because most other schools are like polytechnics around us and stuff as well. And so, and did you feel like you fitted in? It was a real culture shock because I went from being the only black kid in my class to like, there's loads of black kids in this area and now you have postcode gangs and all this other stuff and having people break this down to me and me just being like, what? Which is sort of counterintuitive to what people might think about one of those grammar schools. Yeah, like oh, the grammar school is an institution of education. Yeah, they yeah. were really strict, but it's bordered by like one of the worst schools in South East London, which doesn't even exist anymore. Then down the road is one of the biggest council states in South East London. Now it's fine. But at the time I was like, whoa, I didn't even know this world really existed. And, and was there much navigating that world to be done? Uh, yes and no. But my parents gave me two very effective skills, which is A, self-defense classes. And the other most, but probably one of the most effective gifts my parents gave me was poverty. I don't have anything anyone wants to steal. So here's, here's something I, uh, that I'm not quite adding up here. I know from doing my research on you that you claim to be the first family in London to have a Nintendo. Hell yes. So how did that happen then? So that happened in 1990. So my mum's uh, sisters live in, the, uh, in New York. So the first time I was on a plane, so, uh, 1990, we flew over and spent the summer there. But it was like two months. I remember being there for a while. And uh, yeah, the first time I discovered Nintendo. Because everyone in the UK had master systems. Right. Or I guess people kind of moving out of like the Atari and the Commodore. ZX Spectrum and, and all ZX that. Yeah, yeah. Had a, had a Spectrum. But in America, everybody was had Nintendos. And I was like, these are pretty cool. And are you still a master at those? If, if you were to have a Nintendo controller in your hand now. I could still do it. But I mean, I've evolved since then. But I'm I'm a... Uh, you still a gamer? Yeah. But you can go online now. You can play against some teenager in a bedroom. I know, but I know my disposition. If I get racially abused by a teenager, I'm going to find him. And I, I don't want to get into that. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I know. I'm not going to I'm not gonna leave it there. Right. I'm going to be on your doorstep on Christmas Day. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Remember me, Billy? Dave, no. Come on, this is my son now. Things have changed. No, they haven't, Billy. No, they haven't. <laughs> I love how Billy has now become like Biff from Back to the <laughs> yeah, Future. Yeah. Um, what, People what, call me William now. Shut up, Billy! <laughs> now, where's your son? <laughs> what, um, what were you watching on TV? What were the big things that you were into? Um, so my big thing again as well is we uh, had cable. So wow. before, so before Sky became a thing, we had cable, and we also had chipped cable. Wow! Yeah, I don't so, even know what that is. I'm saying wow, but I don't so know what it, it is. It's basically you get your cable connection, and then you get an additional smaller box which is connected to your cable and allows you to have. And basically, it descrambles your cable so you can have all of the channels. 
Yeah. Smorgasbord. And that's exactly what would happen. And people would be like, <laughs> wrestling's on TV, WCW. And I'd be like, ugh, WCW? Yeah. Peasants. <laughs> it was... <laughs> I, it was like, it was like that's, I guess it's a difference. That's the difference. It, to me, it's the difference between like Moe and Tizer. Remember Tizer? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd still drink a <laughs> I'd still, of Tizer. I'd definitely still drink a Tizer. Agents, yeah, yeah. Tizer's pretty cool, man. Jeff Lloyd's hometown glory on Union Jack Radio. What about um, what about girlfriends? Um, I've never. It was never a problem. With, I've never had a problem with. Women. I get this sense. Yeah. So you're but, the, but this you're, is the reason why. Yeah. is because uh, I'm the first male in my generation of like cousins and stuff right so I was the youngest out of me and my sisters and then my mother has six sisters and on average my mother's sisters all have two daughters each and I was the first boy so before me I think there was about seven six seven girls and that doesn't include like second cousins and stuff as well which meant like at Christmas time when I'd spend time with the family I'd have a Nintendo be like all right I got a new game just the no one to play these games with. And everybody, all the girls would be like, I got some new bubbles for my hair. I got a Barbie. I got a Barbie. I got a Barbie. I got a petticoat. And you'd just be like, this looks like fun, I guess. I don't know what's going on here. And then it meant that stuff like, I used to know the words to most of the songs in Grease 2 right, way yeah, too yeah. well. But yeah, so... Sorry, Grease 2, not Grease. Well, Grease as well, but Grease 2 was like, again, who knew Grease 2? Well, my, but my sister used to go to dance school and then my, they'd have an end of year showcase, which a lot of girls that go to like dance and theatre school, they have showcases. And because my dad would either be working or I could be home by myself, I mean, I think I'd be fine because I could fry an egg, but they'd be like, no, you have to come with us. So we'd go to Catford Broadway Theatre and I'd have to watch the show. Then my mum would take us and then in the intermission, she'd have to go backstage and help my sisters with their costumes and stuff. So you just wall to wall girls in like leotards and stuff like that. And so you just become so used to it. I was just like, so you're very com- you very, so comfortable very comfortable from a young so, age, yeah, so around young age, girls, so, so be around girls all the so time. The yeah, so there was I never built any, uh, I never, I guess I never built any idea in my head that I have to approach women in a certain way. And so, so no girl, there was no unrequited love. No one ever broke your tiny heart. You were doing that. No, not break heart. I one my first girlfriend in school was a girl called Jade Slack. Went out for a bit. My major relationship in primary school, so it was like two weeks long. <laughs> when it became the idea of speaking to girls, it became daunting, and everyone's like going through puberty, and everyone's like getting older and taller, and and my voice, and I'm not really changing. So I'd be like, well, I feel quite weird because everyone else is getting older and like talking about sex and stuff, and I don't really have these. I don't really care about this stuff, and is there something wrong with me? So again, I was just humor is always a good defense well, t- t- tell well. me tell me about that so is is there a point where teenage you starts thinking oh this isn't just something i am good at socially this is something i want to do i want to be a performer i th- i think it's uh for me it was always there and i um was 15 and then again I went to catford broad the same place my sister used to do the dance showcases um i went to watch a comedy showcase with my friends from school so Leo Muhammad, who was in The Real McCoy, he was the opening act and he was great. And I think my first ever five minutes I did on stage was a Frankenstein's monster of his material. Right. The big thing about for me in comedy was that this is rebellion, which doesn't involve me uh, sacrificing my academic um, progress. So I can still do well in books so my parents won't murder me, but I can still have fun and do jokes and people And did you, did you start doing it? Did you no, start? because I didn't know to, what to do and... So you just end up absorbing all this comedy. Yeah, just, I just enjoy it. And just doing it because it, I just enjoy doing it amongst my friends and stuff. And and that's what you've done. And you've you've stuck it to Billy. Yeah. And, and here you yeah, are. You're, you're out on tour. What is what is the show called? The show's called The Chocolate Chip. And uh, yeah, my show is about uh, mental health and also uh, racism. 
All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for My showing us around. My pleasure. Thank you so much for Talking about your life, Dane Baptiste. Calm down, man. You're always welcome, everybody. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio.